will um, will meet around 80,000 people. You'll meet about 80,000 people in a lifetime on average. And uh, the settings for these meetings, I mean, think about from your school days, of all of the ones that you've known and met throughout your school days, family functions, the workplace, some of those uh, that work uh, even just at one place or uh, for 20, 30, 40 years, and the people that come in and out of those places, uh, at hobbies and, and clubs and things like that, if you're on the bowling league or I mean, there's, just think of all the places where we meet people. Restaurants, even at restaurants. Sometimes some of those meetings at restaurants create friendships, right? Yeah, we used to have this habit of going to um, Einstein's on Sunday morning for breakfast. This is what we would do every Sunday. And we had all of our Einstein friends. These were, and um, we, uh, we would, every time, you, every Sunday, it's, uh, good morning. You know, they're the same ones. One group went over to Crossway Baptist and another group didn't go to church and you know there's just all of these uh, uh, friends that we had at breakfast one one family even came over for dinner one night we invited them over and and had really enjoy, enjoyed the time there with the Mosier's family and and uh, they went over to the old well it used to be Del Prado but uh, was it Crossway I forget anyway anyway what it is and uh, or Graceway something like that I'm talking about meeting. I'm talking about people that we run into, the people that we meet and we become friends with, and some friendships that even turn into lifelong friendships and they go on from there. But 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 in our text tonight, what we're going to see is there's really nothing like the friendships and the love that we find when we come to Christ. It's on a whole nother plane tonight. We want to look at this. And as Paul closes the letter to the church at Rome, he is going to close it out with an affectionate list of brothers and sisters that would uh, not have been a part of Paul's life outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is how he met them. This is how he knew them as he went out, as he came to Christ on that way to Damascus, and then from there being sent out of the church at Antioch and spending the rest of his life traveling the globe, preaching the gospel, planting churches, starting churches, and just the, the, the paths that were crossed in his life because of the gospel. Now, if you see verses 1 and 2, he opens up first of all, and he says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sincrea, that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succor of many and of myself also. And it is common, it used to be much more common than it is today. Sadly, it's not that common anymore. But it used to be common in all the churches that when a church member went from one church to another church, the former church would sometimes either send a letter with them when they went or when that, that family found a church that where they were going, they would call back to the old church and essentially said, we found one. And uh, that church would maybe say, okay, that will, will uh, uh, we are of like faith and practice. And they would send a letter to that church of recommendation, recommending them going from this body uh, over to this body. They were vouching for their salvation. They were vouching for their scriptural and biblical baptism. And they are saying that, yes, uh, we, we agree with 
this. There's nothing. There's no problems going on. They didn't leave with a bad attitude. They, they left right. Uh, they had a reason. Everything was good. And they would send a quote letter on and let them know that all is well. Many of you came here uh, by letter. Uh, Alan, you might be the only one that has not come by letter here tonight and has been here since uh, before he was born. So, <laughs> well, nine months he was coming here, right? Micah, Micah hasn't come by letter. He got saved and baptized here. And uh, thankful for that. So, so and this was coming. And this is what Paul was saying to the church there at Rome. Phoebe's coming to you. I commend you unto you, Phoebe. She's a servant of the church at Sincrea. She has a good background. She has a good testimony. She's a laborer. She's not a busybody. She's not a problem. She's not leaving uh, mad at the preacher because he told a dumb joke. She's not mad because of this or because of that and just has decided to uh, just find greener pastures somewhere else. No, that's not the reason at all. He says, I commend her to you. She, uh, she receive her in the Lord as become a saint. So look at this, assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of. And so she was a faithful worker. She's a, a succor of the church. That word to succor means literally to run to, to run to support, to help relieve when in distress. What a great picture that is of this woman who was so quick, obviously, her testimony was that she was so quick to run to support and to help those in need. She was one of the first ones, it seemed like, might have been one of the first ones to show up when there was a need that was, uh, came up in the church. And uh, thank the Lord for Phoebe's, and we need more of them, don't we? They just labor and are busy about the gospel. Would you notice verse 2 again? He said, receive her in the Lord. That word, uh, and he goes on to say, not just receive her in the Lord, but look at also assist her. This is the one I'm getting to define here. Assist means to stand by. Remember Paul over in 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, really standing uh, before, uh, he's, he's getting ready to go to his trial before Nero. And he said, there's none that are with me. They've all left me, right? And he said, but Jesus has stood by me. Right. That is that word assist means to stand by. And this is what he said of Phoebe. She'll stand by you. She'll assist you. She'll help you. She'll go with you. She's not leaving anywhere disgruntled and in and, and, and of any of that way. She's going to be a value to her and take her in to the church. She was a blessing. She was a blessing. And the church at Sincrea was sending her to Rome with this letter. So. Uh, many say at the end of Rome here, the end of the book of Romans, that she was she brought this letter unto the church there at at uh, um, Rome, and so uh, we see this pattern here. And churches ought to do the same today. It's a shame how many don't do this anymore. It's a shame. I'll, I'll you'll, you'll find out. Uh, I'm thankful for the 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 pastors I know in this area. Ninety five percent of them, I'll get a call. Yeah. I'll, or I'll call them and say, hey, uh, what's your sheep doing over here grazing? <laughs> How many got a cow in their field ever? And you call the neighbor and say, hey, your cow's in my field, yeah. right? That's what you ought to do, right? Yeah, or if your cow's there and you see it over there, you ought to, you ought to go get it, not let them eat free off the neighbor. It just ain't right to do. Some guys do that. They're, oh, I didn't know he was over there, right? Or I didn't know your bull's been in my, been in my field for six weeks, 
Wow, thanks. Thank you. Here's your bowl back, and you got calves all over the place now. It's a wonder. No, man, you ought to call. You ought to call. Absolutely. I'm thankful for those that still do that today. They ought to. But notice his greeting to those here at Rome in verse 3. He's going to name 35 people in this last chapter. Let me give you some numbers here to, to think about. Nine of them were nine of these people that he's going to name are, are with Paul currently there in Corinth. Eight of them are men. One of them is a woman. Twenty-four were at Rome that he named. Seventeen were men. Seven were women. He names two households. He names two different households. There are unnamed brethren and there are two unnamed women. A whole list here. That Paul is singling out. And this is this is uh, uh, there's a lot of meaning here. There's a lot of weight here. Notice also here what Paul's doing is he's singling them out by name. I love this. He's mentioning them by name. One author said this: Love delights to single out its object and to recall them one by one. Remember what Jesus said over in John 10? He said, it says, he calleth his own sheep by name. And notice this, pa- this pattern of the, of the pastor Paul here, remembering the names of all of those that God allowed to cross his paths. He, he remembers them and names them uh, w- with affection and with, with remembrance. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing that he's here. He knows them by name. And look at some of these names that he names that we even know of that sound familiar. Some do, do not, but some of them we know right off the bat. We see here, he says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, right? Now, Paul met Priscilla and Aquila on his second missionary journey. They were tent makers like Paul. They obviously, it seems that they had labored in tent making together. Um, and, and they had that trade in common. I know when I uh, run across guys that were of my trade, I mean, there's this commonality there and a camaraderie there, and, and it's, it's kind of neat to talk together, and there's a, a special bond there, and he had this bond, Paul did, with Priscilla and Aquila, and uh, he possibly he led them to the Lord, it seems like. It's very possible he did that, and, and, uh, and here they are, they're with him, and they accompanied him over to Ephesus when he had left Corinth, and they had, a, they had a, quite a history together, quite a history. It was Priscilla and Aquila, if you remember, actually, who came and, and, and discipled and led along Apollos. Now, Apollos had known and he was preaching um, the coming Messiah. He had been baptized by John's baptism. That's all he knew. But he didn't know that the Messiah had come. So Priscilla and Aquila take him aside. They heard him preach. And it's like, man, this is an eloquent preacher. This is a powerful preacher. But he doesn't even know Christ has come yet. Now, I know we don't get that, but he just hadn't heard that. And they, put, they, they took him aside, and the Bible says that they more perfectly, they showed him more perfectly, instructed him more perfectly in the way of God. And you know what happened when Apollos came out of there? He started preaching Jesus Christ. He's like, well, I didn't know that. I knew he was coming. I was preaching the coming Messiah. I was essentially preaching what John was preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand, but I didn't even know he came. Right? And he, now he's like, Priscilla and Aquila did this. No, listen, they weren't missionaries. They weren't pastors. They weren't Sunday school teachers for what we know. They were just another saint in the church. Watch, that was equipped in the word of God to take anybody aside and to lead them more perfectly in the ways of God. Every one of you in this room should be able to do that. Absolutely. 
everyone should be able to take somebody aside and show them. You say, I can't do that. The only reason you can't, because you haven't been in here enough. It's the only reason. Let me encourage you to do that. Let me encourage you to get that. Maybe you have not had anybody come across your path for that because God knows you can't. Right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, fussing at you. I'm just trying to help you tonight. Yeah. Get in the book. Get in the book. All right? So this was a Priscilla and Aquila. Now it seems like they're at Rome. Okay? Seems like they're at Rome. And uh, Paul's writing to them there at Rome and... We don't know what happened. Look at verse 4. Who for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of Galatia. Now, we don't know what exactly they did, right? I think this isn't being figured over anything. They, they, they laid down their life in some way or some fashion. They put themselves in a position for the gospel's sake and for Paul. And he's remembering that. Fondly, he's remembering that. Notice he goes on here to the church in their house. Look at some of these names, Epinatus. Look at verse 6, Mary. There's about six Marys in the New Testament. We don't know who this one is. She's here at Rome. She obviously was a worker. Look at verse 6. Greek much labor on us. That's all that's said. But Paul remembers her. She has come to his mind again. Look at Andronicus and Junia, verse 7, my kinsman. Now, we don't know if this was a literal uh, kin of Paul, family members, or just countrymen. It could have just been some Jews and some countrymen of Paul that are there living at Rome. Maybe it was a blood relative. We don't know. He goes on to name uh, Amplius and Urbane and Stachys and Apelles and uh, Aristobulus' house. I was reading even just today, J.B. Lightfoot believes that it is possible that uh, Aristobulus was a grandson of Herod the Great. He thinks it's possible. I didn't delve in to go look at it. I don't know. I'm just telling you what this guy says. <laughs> but it's interesting. These names, they were real people. They lived. Paul knew them. He knew them because of the gospel. Look at this. Her Herodian, my kinsman. Herodian, obviously of the family of Herod, a Jew, a countryman of Paul. Look at this. The next, the household, verse 11. The, uh, salute Herodian, my kinsmen. Greet them in, that be of the household of Narcissus, which are, uh, which are in the Lord. Look at verse 12. Tryphena and Tryphosa. You say, well, who would really go and name somebody like that? Come on, friend. You, there's some... There's siblings that have similar names that you know of probably, right? Bill and Bob, right? Well, no. Bob and Bob. Jim Bob and Jim Bob, right? That's the Healy's. They're both Jim Bob. And, <laughs> I mean, it happens, right? You know, some, some parents just don't like their children and they just name them names that are, you know, like, uh, well, anyway, that better go on. It's possible these two ladies are sisters. It's possible. He goes on to mention another lady, Persis. You know, some assume that she's actually an elder lady here because if you notice what he does, he talks about she did which labored, past tense, labored much in the Lord. Like her work was before, you know, she's on in years now and she's not really working like she, she used to. She can't as much, but she, Paul remembers all the labor that she used to have in the Lord. Persis. Here's another little interesting tidbit as you look at this. Notice here in verses in verse 12, and uh, we'll um, 
I want you to look at look at verse nine first. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. Paul says, "My beloved." Now, if you notice here again down in verse twelve, salute Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labored in the Lord. Salute the beloved, the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. It seems like the pattern of the Apostle Paul when he talked about men. Men, brothers in Christ that he loved in the Lord, he called them my beloved. When he talked to the women that he loved in the Lord, he called them the beloved. It seemed like Paul was very careful. He was very careful about uh, his appearance and appearance of evil and, and, and seeming, seeming untoward. He made a distinction there, a much more formal the beloved instead of my beloved. It's kind of interesting. He was always careful. Notice, notice as you go, well, let's go on in the list here. Look at Rufus. Now, that's a good name. If I had two sons, I might name them Rufus and Doofus. But uh, maybe that's, never mind. His mother, Paul says, his mother and mine. People say, oh, was, it, was, was this Paul's brother? No, maybe it was like what Jesus said over, I believe, in Mark 10. You'll have mothers and brothers and sisters and lands. Yeah. You come to Christ and it seems like you have mothers all over the country. It seems like you have brothers everywhere. It seems like you have fathers all over the place that are like fathers to you and like mothers to you and like siblings to you. Amen. Yeah. Asyncretus. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Hermas. Patrobus. Hermes. And the brethren with them. Philologus. That's Snuffleupagus's brother. Right. Julia, sorry, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints with them. Now, if you'll notice here in verses 5 through 15, none of these names are found anywhere else in the Bible. Maybe you can find, I think there's Rufus is somewhere else. But, but other than that, none of these names are found anywhere else. Paul's naming them here in, in, to the letter at Rome, to the letter uh, going, going to Rome. All, all people here. Uh, special to the Apostle Paul. All that have a history with the Apostle Paul. All brothers and sisters in Christ. All vastly, from vastly different walks of life. All connected in Jesus Christ. Would you notice his final commendation, verse 16? Brother Jim read this. I know you've been nervous the whole time, but I'm going to do with this first. Salute one another with a holy kiss. That was a traditional oriental greeting. It was, it was, you know, we do this, right? Hey, brother. No, good to see you. Yeah, yeah. No, good, good, to, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, God bless you. Good to see you. You know, sometimes people do it. Oh, boy, the claps twice. Put a hand up. That's affectionate. That's special. That's warmth. That's fellowship. That's friendship. That's connection. This is the holy kiss. That's what it was in the Oriental culture. Yeah. These are all names of the past. Yeah. But are they? Paul is talking about these. We're reading these a couple thousand years later. <laughs> yeah. Names of the past? No, they weren't. This, watch. This is a list of friendships. For time and eternity. These are a list of names. 
that no doubt are enjoying Christ together tonight as we speak. You see what the gospel brings? It brings eternal uh, friendships. It allows us to cross paths of those that we never would have imagined. And you look back after you cross paths and you say, oh, thank the Lord, I'm so glad we crossed paths. These are Paul's list of names. It's, it's, it's uncanny to me that they come at the end of Romans. It's not just a, I'm signing off now. Uh, there's a lot more to this than just a bunch of names. There absolutely is. But he had a list of names. You know, we have a list of names as well, don't we? You have names? We could all name the names of those who God has allowed our, our paths to cross. We could have lists of them. I have a list. It's so long I wouldn't even go over it. I couldn't even take time to go over it. Some of you have longer lists than I do. I think of some of these names. I mean, the one path I think that I, it just comes to my mind constantly. I, I crossed paths with this guy. It was really simple because we are born in the same house. <laughs> Amazing how God had that happen. My brother came to Christ first, and then he decided he better pick me up for church. Yeah, He went and got me. And I'm thankful for that. I think of a pastor we had where my brother took me to church, Gary Olson. I think of him. He comes to my mind, faithfully preached the Word of God in a place that was probably one of the most difficult areas of the country to preach. Yeah. Heavily antagonistic. I think of my pastor, Lee Parsons, where I got saved and baptized. Yeah. I think of names, names like the Clarks, and the Lewises. And I think of names like Paul and Marlene Calico. I mean, nobody in here would know this. These are names. We look at names of Paul and, and we don't know these names. And I mention names and you don't know these names. But, but I know what they mean to me. And your names that I don't know, I know what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> Paul was a farmer. Dairyman truck driver, drove for Prime for years after they lost the dairy in the mid-80s. And he was a tough, he was a tough farmer, man. He was a tender-hearted guy, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Neat guy. I still think of him. He's in heaven tonight. And I, I, I have him on a list. We have a list. Do you have a list? Those that you're thinking of? Mm. I have a list. I remember the day I got saved, he walked by and his cry, just tears. He was so happy. So many pastor friends. Oh, some of you, boy, pastor friends. Boy, aren't they a joy? Aren't they a help? Aren't they a blessing? Yeah. Think of, I don't know if I should name all these or not. I don't know if we have time. So many of them. So many of them I can think of. Brother O'Neill and Brother Hartzell and Brother Shull and Brother Bradshaw. I think of Brother Boonstra. We are talking about today. Yeah, Brother Boonstra. <laughs> Brother Jeff Good, Brother Quickly, Brother Peace. Where is Brother Peace? Scott Peace is at home preaching tonight in Washington, not here. <laughs> yeah. I think of those in this room that we've crossed paths. Absolutely. Yeah. I think of the Stones. Oh, we're Neil and Jana and first time I ever met them, you know where it was? I'd come out. I'd come out of choir, and I'd go past the first row, and there was Neil and Judy and Janet handshaking time, and 
We'd shake hands. I had no idea I'd be their pastor, and they didn't either. Yeah, they would have stayed there if they'd known. <laughs> yeah. And Alan, and Audra, and the Morleys, and the Davidsons, and the Perkins. Robinsons, Jim Bob and Jim Bob, and, and then the rose among the thorns, Mrs. Healy, yeah. Micah. I'm do, we're going through names. I'm going through them. Those that aren't here tonight, Russell and Zach and Hunter, on names. No, is, these are starting to mean something to you now, aren't they? Don't you? Do you can, can you get a little glimpse of what Paul was thinking as he wrote all of these names and what they meant to him? My wife, oh my, have we crossed paths? Yeah. Only the Lord could have done that. <laughs> Amen. I think of those who have gone on. I think of Nona. Amen. She'd come out every, every service, keep preaching, keep preaching. She'd raise her little hand up, keep preaching. Edith, I'd have to go back and hug Edith. No, if I was writing the end of Romans, this is what I'd be writing. These are the names I would be writing. Yeah. And Marlene, Mary Towell, only got to see her once. Russell and Dolores. Names. They mean something, don't they? I could go on and on. All special to me. All have a history with me. All brothers and sisters in Christ. All from vastly different walks of life, but all connected in Jesus Christ. And you have a list, don't you? Yeah. If you could sit down and write them, I would encourage you to do it. But if you could sit down and write them, it may go on and on and on. Names. How did we get this list? Brother Art Wilson sent a note to Brother Jeff Abel's. And it said this, if I can remember exactly how it were, I've worded it wrong. But Brother Wilson, his little note said this, I was trying to remember how we came to know each other. Then I remembered it was the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and if you knew Brother Wilson, that was, a, that was classic. Yeah. When John Phillips outlined the book of Romans, he divided it three ways. He, he showed Romans split up in the, uh, as, as this, I've got them written down, the principles of the gospel, chapters 1 through 8, the problems of the gospel, chapter 9 through 11, and the practice of the gospel. And under the practice of the gospel, he divided it in two, the, the laws of the Christian life, and number two, the laws of Christian love. Remember, we're talking about living the gospel. This is the last half of, the, of Romans, living the gospel. And a part of living the gospel is found in loving in those, 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 those paths that we cross with one another that we, we could only have crossed because of the gospel is the only reason they're there. And he calls this last section love's marvelous companionships. I like that. Only he could have broken that down like this. You see, not only does the gospel tell us of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it also shows us how to live. It shows us how to live. And not only does it show us how to live, but it, it is the reason why we can love and why we love one another. 
It's all because of the gospel. What a way to round this book off. By names, by names of people that Paul has fallen in love with because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Names, not like names that you pick up at the club or names that you got at the lodge or names that you got at the bowling place or names that you got at the restaurant that you didn't know that that would end when this life ends. No, names that are forever and eternal that they will be a companionship and a fellowship and a relationship with for the rest of our eternal existence. Why? Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do you have a list? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know why you have a list of names? Because of Jesus. Yeah. If, if, if it all ended at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and we're saved on our way to heaven, it's wonderful. It's good enough. But he just seems to just pour on even more. And we have companionship. Listen to Philippians chapter 1. Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 1, and I'll be done here in just a little bit. You don't have to believe that. It's okay. (laughs) Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. Remember when I went through Philippians in Sunday school, I kind of summed the letter up this way. Paul said to this Philippian church, I love you, I miss you, don't change. (laughs) I love you, I miss you. One of the only letters that he he spent so much, seems like so much emotion here. He loved this church at Philippi. He said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, uh, for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel. There it is. From the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. How is this possible? Is the gospel. The gospel. You know, it's a good thing to do tonight. Two things. Number one, it'd be a good thing just to get down and thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the good news. And God's marvelous companionships that we will have now and forever. Good thing to thank him for. Do you think thinking about Thanksgiving coming up? Yeah. Aren't you glad there's more to the gospel? <laughs> Amen. Amen. And number two, here's a good thing to do tonight. Love each other. It's part of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. You want some proof? Oh, I wrote proof down. Lots of it. John 13, 34, new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love also, that you also love one another. 
John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. Romans 13, 8, owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. 1 Peter 1, 22, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. 1 John 3.11, for this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. 1 John 3.23, and this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son of, on His Son Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave commandment. 1 John 4.7, beloved, let us love one another. For, uh, uh, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth God is born of God. And know with God. John, 1 John 4, 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 1 John 4, 12, the next verse. No man hath seen any God at any time. If we love another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. 2 John 1, 5. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one toward another. Romans 12, 10. Be kindly affectionate toward one toward another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Galatians 5, 13. Brethren, you've been called unto liberty. You use not your liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but to the love but by love serve one another. Ephesians 4.2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. 1 Thessalonians 3.12, the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Hebrews 10.24, let us consider one another, provoke one another love into good works. 1 Peter 3.8, finally. No, it's what it says. I'm not saying it. Finally, be of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Only God could give us this. Do you want more evidence? Are we good? Love one another. Why? It's the fulfilling of the gospel. Love one another. Thank God for the list that we have. You have a list. Everybody that comes into the gospel gets a list. And you'll start writing down your list as the years go by. And the longer you're on the planet, you'll have a longer list. And every one of those names is only because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the companionship that he gives us. That'll be for eternity. Thank him for it. And then love one another. Our Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the good news. That though we were lost, we were sinners by nature and sinners by choice. In the, full, in the fullness of time, you sent forth your Son to be born of a virgin. Lord, you sent forth the Lord Jesus to go to a cross and to be the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And you sent Jesus to reconcile us back to you through his atoning blood. 
And we thank you that not only are we been reconciled back to you, and not only do we get to call you Father, and not only do we get to be sons and, and daughters and joint heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ and seated in heavenly places even right now, and not only do we get the promise of being conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus, which we long for. Father, we also have lists of names. Names of people that you've brought into our life that love us and we love them. And it was only because of the gospel. So Father, we thank you for that tonight. Would you help us to love one another? Help the world to see the gospel in our lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand tonight? The invitation is open. Maybe it could be a good time to take a little time with the Lord tonight. Thank Him for that list. Thank Him for those people that He's brought into your life. Thank Him for the gospel. Have yeah. you been having trouble loving somebody? I know some, not all of us. We're not perfect and sometimes we're not that lovable. But maybe there's a little odd with some, odds with somebody that you might need to get squared away tonight. Might need to give a phone call to somebody or might need to get something squared away between you and the Lord. And get back to loving. We will have services Wednesday night, as I said. Be ready. We'll have, have some testimony time. Maybe uh, have a drawing for a free turkey. I don't know. Maybe not. No, probably not. It's too late. They're all, they're all dead and gone now anyway. But uh, no, we'll see you Wednesday night. Pray for the Davidsons as they travel. Anybody else traveling? I already mentioned that. Okay. Of course, we're praying for Audra. Praying for Brother Klein. And, Praying for those that aren't able to be here tonight. Continue to pray for Brother Chuck. He was feeling a little better today, but not, not 100%. He's been kind of uh, struggling there health-wise. So be in prayer for him. And uh, have a great week. We'll, Lord willing, see you Wednesday. Be careful, all those of you out working and on the road. Go out again, Brother Jack, Monday night. Now be careful out there. <laughs> Probably not going to have to go to Buffalo. That's good. <laughs> <laughs>